It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Alexa Dad, and today we are talking Nationals baseball with our MLB.com Nationals reporter, Jamal Collier. Jamal, the Hall of Fame announcement is tonight, as you very well know. We uh, talked about some current players on our show, 1225 Live, who we believe are first ballot Hall of Famers, and Richard Justice mentioned Clayton Kershaw and Mike Trout. I feel like there's a player on this Nationals roster that he might have left off. What do you feel about Max Scherzer first ballot? Yeah, it's actually pretty something I was pretty interested in and, and kind of wrote about here for this week. Um, is, is kind of where Max Scherzer stands. Of course, he won that third Cy Young Award uh, on uh, in this past November, and with that, you know, every pitcher that has won those three Cy Young, at least three Cy Youngs. Uh, there's ten pitchers, seven are in the Hall of Fame. Max and Clayton Kershaw are still active, and then Roger Clemens. The only reason he's not in the Hall of Fame uh, is because of his kind of you know connections to, to PEDs. So I think that um, you know that, that third Cy Young was so big for Max that it almost kind of makes him a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, so I kind of just did a dive into numbers and see just exactly how much Max has to go um, to, as far as to get there. Uh, short answer to that is that I think that he's really on a very good path, and if he has especially a couple more years at this dominant level where he's winning Cy Young awards and, and, and kind of one of the best pitchers in the game, um, but at least he can kind of follow a normal normal age progression over the next couple of years, I think he's almost a, a sure lock. But uh, I think it might be might be premature to say he's a first ballot Hall of Famer right now, um, but certainly he's on that on that uh, on that path. I'm sure a lot of the Nationals fans would say Bryce Harper, too, but he's not there just yet. Uh, Let's talk about the Nationals' outfield this season, though, because it's going to be one of their strengths. You wrote about this, the fact that they're hoping Bryce Harper, you know, is healthy for the entire season. Adam Eaton's coming back. they got Michael A. Taylor and a couple other pieces. How is this outfield going to work out? Yeah, I really think it's got a chance to be the best part of the team. Um, You know, obviously having Bryce Harper uh, when he's been on the field, Last year, he was an MVP candidate, and, and what they obviously made the trades for Adam Eaton that they feel very strong for for him and the things they gave up just to get that player. We saw a little bit of it in the, in the one uh, month or so that he was healthy and, and leading off of the Nats and kind of doing so many good things. Um, so I think they're excited about that, and I think Michael Taylor is kind of the key piece there um, because he's a guy who obviously had a really big breakout year last year, uh, played really well, especially in the postseason in the series against the Cubs. He, was, he looked very impressive. I think that you know, they're hoping that that is, is for real and that all the, the – this guy's a former prospect. These guys had a five-tool, um, you know, kind of hype around him. And I think that, you know, if, if Michael Taylor continues to be that player, if he continues to progress, uh, they've got a chance to have probably the best outfield in the National League and not in baseball. Um, the, the flip side of that is even if Taylor struggles, they have Victor Robles, who obviously is their top prospect. is one of the better prospects in baseball. And he's a guy who probably could play every day, maybe could play every day in the majors right now, even at 20 years old. Um, but they have the luxury that, one, they don't have to rush it. 
Um, they can they can put Victor, who's still not ever had, you know, I think he's played thirty some games in Double A. Never played at that bad in Triple A. You still can go put him in the minors and kind of force his way into the majors, kind of similar to how Trey Turner did a couple of years ago, where you know he started off and maybe he was good enough or was kind of right on that border, um, but it becomes clear at some point in the season that he's the best option. Um, so long story short, I think Zalfield is going to be really good, and they've got options and they've got some depth um, and some guys, you know, behind them with Brian Goodwin to fill in too. Uh, Howie Kendrick as well to play out there, and I think it's going to have a chance to be a kind of a really strong and deep group. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Bryce Harper because he's been working out with his buddy Joey Gallo, plays for the Rangers, uh, for those who aren't aware, <laughs> and they, uh, they've they been hanging out in Vegas and working out together for the past couple of off-seasons, but this off-season yeah. specifically, Joey said that this is the most focused he has ever seen Bryce Harper. Uh-oh, what does that mean yeah. for Bryce Harper this season? Yeah, I mean, it could be very scary for the opposing pitches in the National League. Uh, like I said, when Bryce was healthy for those first first half and even until August of the season, uh, he was playing kind of back at that MVP level. It was one of the guys in the discussion uh, for the National League MVP last year, you know, before he went down. And I think that uh, he's still got that. He's still got that level that he can. He's shown that he can be that good. And if he's motivated to even be better, uh, obviously heading into what could be a contract year for him, um, it's it's just kind of just it's again it's you can just kind of scary to think about this guy potentially you know at the age of 25 still being able to get better or looking more focused, looking. We know he added weight last year coming into spring training, uh, and, 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 you know, obviously the power was back, and the power was there, and I think that this is so, so but Russ is going to be one of the most interesting players in baseball for a lot of reasons, and I think that if he can come out committed and focused uh, to proving that he could play at that MVP level for a year before he hits the open market, um, I think it's, it's good news for the Nats in the sense that, you know, they're going to be able to reap, reap the benefits of it this year, um, but his price tag is certainly going to go up if that's the case. How much pressure do you think is going to be on him because of his pending free agency? I think a lot, but I, I don't think that that's any different um, than what we've seen from Bryce. You know, forget this is a guy who obviously since the age of 16 has been one of the, the kind of type prospects and players in baseball. Um, and, and when you look at just coming in with that kind of pressure after winning the MVP and just everything that's kind of come about since the $400 million, I think if Bryce gets hurt again and struggles a little bit, I'm not sure his price tag would change all that much. Um, so, I mean, I think he's the guy who just from, the, from what I've observed in the last couple of years um, handles pressure and handles expectations. And, and those things to him don't ever seem to, to, to influence or affect him or negatively uh, weigh on him very much. Um, I think, again, it's like something he's used to now for the past decade at least of his life. And I think that, you know, he's going to have a lot of pressure on him. And, and if he goes out there and performs well, um, you know, again, he could probably write his own check next offseason. But um, it's, it's, it's certainly something I think, like I said, day to day, there'll be a lot of people and a lot of eyes watching him. But I think he's equipped to handle it. Another strength of this team, besides their starting rotation, is the back end of their bullpen, especially for an entire season, having Ryan yeah. Matson, Brandon Kinsler, and Sean Doolittle. But the weakness, unfortunately, is getting to those guys. And you were talking a little bit about uh, Sammy Solis and how big of a part he is going to play in this bullpen. What does he have to do well in order to be effective? Well, uh, stay on the field is so important to Lee's when he – you know, had for extended stretches uh, in 2016 and even for the second half of last year, once he got healthy, once he was able to get into a routine and, and, and you know, come out of the pen and, and be healthy and, and, you know, establish himself that way, um, he's been a really good pitcher for them the last year and a half or two years. 
Um, the problem is every time he kind of goes on a roll or a streak, um, then he starts having kind of arm problems and, and goes back from the DL and, um, and it kind of throws things off or he spends a month or so kind of figuring out his mechanics or, and he's playing catch up all the time. And I think that's when you saw it, especially in the first half of last year with the kind of ugly ERA that he started with, um, the, that that was kind of the real issue is that, you know, he's been something that he's dealt with for a few years in his career, but it's the last two years in the major. So, uh, I think Sammy could be a huge piece for this team. He's going to have to be. They don't have a whole whole lot of options um, as far as their left-handed relievers in the system. They've got you know, the forty-man is Solis, any uh, Ramiro, and uh, Matt Grace. So Solis is, you know, out besides Sean Doolittle, obviously as the closer. And I think the Solis is going to have to get a lot of those important outs from the left and right side. As a matter of fact, uh, in the innings for the ninth. So, um, you know, long story short, I think Solis knows it. He's changed up his routine a little bit during the off-season. He started earlier doing more treatment, more therapy sessions. Um, but, you know, if he can be healthy and effective, it could be a pretty big physical pimp. All right, Jamal, let's let fans of the podcast get to know you a little bit more. We talked about oh, no. how the <laughs> Hall of Fame announcement is tonight. Is there a name on this ballot that you grew up watching that you would love to see in the Hall of Fame? Whew. Hmm. Interesting one. Um, you know, I, I grew up from Chicago, and, I mean, um, Sammy Sosa was a Sammy Sosa and Frank Thomas, as a matter of fact, were just so uh, kind of huge uh, players, obviously, for the era that I grew up in uh, in the city that I grew up in. I think that it would be just kind of cool um, if both of those guys got in. Barry Bonds also is a guy who I grew up watching and, you know, is, is the best hitter that I think a lot of us have ever seen. And I think that um, to see just someone, and just still looking back at his baseball reference page is one of the things. Uh, they just kind of just marvel at and, and look at the numbers that he put up through 160 some games is still just kind of mind blowing. Um, those are the guys who probably jump out to me. Um, you know, there's a lot of players in the ballot that I think who's still going to enjoy uh, whether or not they get in or not, and, and seeing you know their uh, what, what their speeches might look like. But I'm also kind of interested in seeing maybe what some of the speeches of uh, of Thomas and and bonds and so somebody look like too. So uh, those are the first ones that jumped out to me there, but I don't know. You give me some thought. I'll probably come up with 10 more names too. Yeah, no, of course. And it's going to be interesting because I think we're, we're expecting to hear Jim Tomey and Chipper Jones's name called yeah. tonight for sure. But uh, I'm with you. And as a fan of baseball, I'd love to hear Barry Bonds's name called. He is the greatest yeah. player I've ever seen. So why not put him in the hall of fame? Yeah, and Gary Sheffield actually is a guy, too, who just, mm. you know, because everybody mimicked that batting stance. Mm-hmm. At least I did when I was growing <laughs> up. So it just would be, uh, it just would be, it'd be a cool moment, too, for him. But, like, I mean, there's uh, there's a whole list of names. This is, at times, some of my favorite times of the year, and at times it, it could be not. But <laughs> this could be, uh, it could be, I'll be interested in watching tonight. Yeah, absolutely. We all will be. All right, Jamal, that's going to do it for us here on MLB.com Extras, our Nationals edition. We will be back next week with a brand new episode, so make sure you stay tuned. Thanks, Jamal. Appreciate you joining us.